time for another glorious episode of uh, Lonely Town and Killers Podcast. I had to think about what our name was there, Jimmy, with Jimmy and Derek, and we're going to talk about independent, glorious rock and roll music. <laughs> uh, we're still talking about, uh, well, it could be Hot Fuss or it could be uh, Sawdust, depending on where you're from. Which edition you have. Which edition. Uh, but Glamorous Indie Rock and Roll and uh, The Killers, uh, this was... One of the more popular songs off of Sawdust, a lot of people seem to have a fair amount of uh, fandom or uh, appreciation for this song. Uh, when we were interviewing, uh, I know Alan for sure, I'm thinking of there's somebody else I can't think of. This was the song that they wanted to perform or, or that they enjoyed the most. And I think a lot of people kind of relate to it. I think we're going to break down a little bit of, I don't think everybody was in on the joke of <laughs> uh, what this was, was uh, talking about. I know Ryan was on the coffee shop, Ryan Party, and uh, some thoughts come from, from that uh, era of, of Killer's early days. So this is another song I first heard on MySpace. <laughs> Since it was a B-side of, of Hot Fuss, that's one that they put out for the internet to, to hear through that medium, I guess. The thing about using, like, texting sarcasm is that there's no t- sarcastic tone. Some people say the internet should invent a different kind of font for sarcasm so people get it. <laughs> yeah. But in a song, it's also hard to tell, obviously, because he had to explain it for people. You just assume at face value that the lyrics are legitimate and sincere, but I guess you got to look deeper for the clues to see whether someone's... Right from the heart, <laughs> yeah. Someone's just uh, ironically talking about something, so... The first one I have is from an interview with Q Magazine in March 2009. Brandon's talking about the song. He says, The song is very misunderstood, especially in America. I hear people think we're trying to be indie. Not a moment in my life has been spent trying to be indie. It's embarrassing when you think about it that way. I feel I need to put a memo out. Look at the lyrics. It's ironic. So when I hear a song, I usually don't go look at the lyrics. I'm just kind of, oh, this is a nice song. Oh, this is what it's about. You know, it's obviously indie rock and roll. Is repeated multiple times. It's indie rock and roll for me. Sound like this is my favorite kind of music. Yeah, I think uh, when you write something too, you have it like you're saying the text message or whatever. Your mind it makes perfect sense that so this is just kind of a joke. You're just kind of throwing it out there, and even when he says go look at the lyrics, I've went through the lyrics and looked, and I, I didn't think oh it's all like that's a obviously he's joking or, or making fun of this uh, genre. Or these people are just so into the the indie music scene. I mean. When you hear him say that, and then you go back and look, you're like, okay, now I can kind of read the subtext and understand some parts in here that, okay, that, that makes sense. But even when you, you read that from the magazine, and he's kind of getting upset about it, it's like, well, I don't know. And even to go back and read it, if, if you are to say the same thing and go back and read a serious song and think he was joking, I, it's just, I, it's, it's hard to tell. I think in an artist's mind or in somebody's mind, Kind of like when they talk about other songs, we haven't got into like Human and some of those other songs yet, where he gets asked a million times, what's the song about? What's the song about? Uh, I think to are the, we human or are we Tiny Dancer? Yeah, to the people that <laughs> the people that write it are, are there, like, to them it makes perfect sense, and why are you asking me a million times? Just go read the lyrics and figure it out for yourself. But Yeah, one time somebody asked him, what does magic soaking my spine mean? And he just giggles and says... If you don't know, I'm not going to tell you, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> and some of those things are probably obvious to, like, feelings and impressions people get that they can probably relate to. But uh, sometimes it's just, I mean, no one thought 
oh, this has been a serious album about uh, murder and, and things like that. And all of a sudden, there's going to be this kind of joke song on the end. And I think a lot of people gravitated to it that were into indie uh, rock and roll, like independent music scene, and like, yeah, this is our people. This is our this is our jam. And, I mean, if you're still there, great. I mean, maybe we're ruining it for some people right now, but because I don't think everyone went back and read every magazine article that Brandon ever talked about. Um, when they tour, they didn't play it a whole lot. At some point, I think uh, it was probably one of those that nobody was getting the joke and almost liking it too much that, I don't know, or maybe the set list grew, either way. But well, I think they were they were one of the first artists on Lizard King Records. and, and Yeah, they were a pretty independent band, right? <laughs> Sorry, let me can I read go one ahead. more. Yeah, yeah, Just go read ahead. this other one because it's really related. Uh, it's an interview with Time Out, I guess, I don't know if it's a magazine or what, but on it's got a website, so Publication. timeout.com. There's an interview, and it ends with a final question. The first killer song I ever heard was Glamorous Indie Rock and Roll. In hindsight, it's totally sarcastic, right? And Brandon says, there's so much snobbery. You go through high school and all the paranoia and crap that goes with that. I just didn't want to be like that. We like big songs, and we're going to embrace it. So he's talking about high school, so I had to bring it up. Oh, yeah. Well, that's probably how it was down in in, uh, in Las Vegas. In, in sure. Juab, we didn't have any of that, right? And there was no snobbery. Or Very sincere. We all loved uh, the same things. and. Yeah, if you look at Brandon's uh, music that he enjoyed, uh, that he was listening to, it was very uh, pop music. It was '80s pop uh, at that. So I mean, it was it was the furthest thing from uh, indie music. I mean, you know, it was very mainstream. Uh, we've talked about Elton John and the Cars and uh, a lot of those those English bands that, that aren't coming to my mind right now. Depeche Mode and The Cure, and I, I, I'm sure there's. He didn't mention Brandon's favorite band, How's Ya Podcast. He didn't even say Eurasia. I don't know. But we all know the bands that they drew from, and they weren't, I mean, at some point, everyone's a startup independent band, I guess. But they were these big bands that play stadiums, big loud sounds, uh, synthesized, processed music. Uh, and when you think of the independent music scene, it's usually a guy on a guitar uh, playing little unknown venues or people's houses and stuff, so... Uh, but going back to what I was saying with Ryan at the coffee shop, um, he, he talks about how Brandon would, you know, get on stage and nobody would pay him any attention or whatever. And I think these were all people from around the university. Uh, they were probably more of your uh, intellectual people that like that sophisticated, independent music. I'm not really into uh, Elton John or that kind of thing. I'm into this secret band that nobody's ever heard of. And Brandon's up there on stage trying to perform and sing, which... We know wasn't natural for him. He had to work at, and he didn't, you know, like looking people in the eyes and stuff to start off with, and had uh, some, I guess, self confidence. I don't know issues, but like, took him some some guts to get up there. And then they're not even giving him the time of day to where he's almost like shouting at these people that are reading the newspapers or, or having their glass of coffee at the time, and they're the ones that are into this independent rock and roll. So it's almost like a like a song about, oh, I'll, you know, like, I, I, you guys think I'm not good enough for you, I'll, I'll, I'll write a whole song about you, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, that's kind of what Ryan was talking to us about a little bit. I wasn't there at the time, but that makes perfect sense when, when you think about it. Yep, coffee shop with a cause could definitely be Cafe Espresso Roma. I think Brandon was more into, especially those early days, The it says no sex, no drugs, no rock and roll kind of feel. I think he was very much into the, they wanted to be the mainstream band and, and with rock and roll, sex, drugs, rock and rolls, the the cliche or whatever like that. I think he's probably thinking if you're not going for that type of attitude and that type of a, a band, then why are you even making music? I don't know, but 
That's the feeling I get. <laughs> yeah, there's a big debate, I guess, with you know r- around people not being told by a record company what to do and not selling out for money. You know, you're doing it because you love it. You stick into the sound you like. You're, you're being influenced by whoever you want, and that's the way to go rather than um, doing it for the money or doing it for fame. But you know, everyone's got their own reasons for why they do things. And if you want to be rich, a rich rock star. Who, who am I to tell you, you should stay, you should stick with an acoustic guitar solo on a coffee shop stage. I mean, I'm ready to sell out. If anyone wants to throw me a bunch of money, I, I, I'm there. So, yeah, we're, we're currently looking for uh, sponsors. If anyone's sick of listening to the random ads that pop up when you listen to our episode, you can have direct influence on that. That's true. Uh, we don't. We don't have a, we don't control uh, the ads that pop up or when they pop up at this point. So sorry for. Uh, we're not sellouts. We just don't we're not have sellouts. A, we don't no, have we're, a we're just uh, we just want to get this out to you guys. So we don't have an independent podcast. You're probably platform. getting you're probably going to hear something advertised from three states away about something you care nothing about. But somebody's getting money from that. Or, or uh, Podbean, I think, is is where that would go. But anyways, that's a diatribe there too. It's, it's indie podcasting us. for us. Yeah, if anyone over the UK, Lizard King, wants to start a podcast division and have us be on there, we'd, we'd happily sell out with you. And if you want us to have that opportunity or hear less ads or whatever, share the show and go <laughs> on uh, all the places and give us all the reviews. Uh, five stars, hopefully. Social media came in really handy with Elton John and different news that comes out. Uh, we appreciate everybody that does participate. But we know there's lots more uh, Killer and Brandon Flower fans out there that would love the show. So if you're standing in line for a concert or anything like that and it comes up, don't be afraid to mention us. We're the Internet's uh, hopefully biggest sellout podcast here soon. <laughs> yeah, so go back and listen to that Ryan Party interview. Um, if you want proof that we're sellouts, go listen to our, our <laughs> interview, our big-time interviews with, with people like, oh, I can't even think of any right now. There's been so many. Oh, Matt Pinfield, let's just say. And you have anything else? Uh, more to come. Just uh, thanks, thanks, subscribe, do all those things. That's all I got. So Okay. That's another episode down from Lonely Town. <laughs>